0: This is the Joe and Amber Podcast.
1: That was an excellent intro cut together by James Steele. Excellent work. Listening back to my impression there of Aaron Rodgers, I'd say dead on, Joe. I mean, I couldn't sound more like Aaron Rodgers if I tried.
2: You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> uh you know, except for the fluctuations and the you know what? The I'm not gonna I'm gonna start with it. Note. You you nailed it. You 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 got you captured the very essence of Aaron Rodgers there. Job well done.
1: I think I did, and we do have some sound on the Aaron Rodgers front. Unfortunately, it's not from Aaron Rodgers himself, so you won't get another impression from me, but it is from his general manager. We have tons of sound to get to on today's show because the general managers, the coaches, they're all at the NFL Combine, and they all spoke today. They all had microphones in front of them. What the Packers GM said was very, very interesting. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. Find him on Twitter at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Before we get to the Aaron Rodgers stuff, let's try to do what we do best here on Joe and Amber. Right off the top, a little pizza money coming your way.
0: Pizza money alert.
2: Pizza Pizza. I hate to spoil your setup, but not what we do best. 0-3 last night. Complete Uh. disaster. Not in it at all. So minus 3.3 units last night. You go back over the last 17 shows. We are now 27-26 overall, but... Still profitable, plus 9.75 units. So our first pizza money tonight tips off in about 26 minutes at 7:30. It's the Grizzlies and the Lakers going under 231 total points. You close your eyes, you think about Memphis, you see an image of John Morant posterizing somebody. That's not really their identity. They're a defensive team second in the NBA in defensive rating, number one in defensive rating when playing at home. As for the offense, despite the fact that they're averaging 115 points per game this year, they've only hit that mark in three of their last 14 games. They've been in a bit of a slump. Without LeBron tonight for the Lakers, I don't see this being a high-scoring game. Pizza money number one, Lakers-Grizzlies under 231 points.
0: Now pay attention. Joe and Amber, Aaron Rodgers watch.
1: First segment of the show when we get an Aaron Rodgers watch. But I mentioned there that all the general managers had microphones in front of them today at the NFL Combine. They are all at Indianapolis for the Combine. So did Brian Boonekust. Goodenkunst. See, I knew I was going to trip over that. I told James I am going to trip over Goodenkunst before the show. As we were going in, I got the agenda. I knew I was going to trip over his name.
3: Just keep saying it on my
1: tongue. Well, Goodenkunst. Just keep Keep saying it. We'll
3: we'll get there. Just keep saying it.
1: We got there. The Packers general manager. He, of course, was asked, do you, Brian, want Aaron Rodgers back?
0: Yeah, there's been some contact back and forth. Um, obviously, he's, he's had some things on his plate, uh, but hopefully those things will happen soon. Do you want
3: him back as the quarterback of the Tigers?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, th- those discussions have to happen and making sure that it's the right fit. But um, obviously, we know the kind of player that Aaron is. And, um, you know, once we have those conversations, we'll, we'll be able to move forward We'll have more to say.
0: That was an Aaron Rodgers watch.
1: That was a yes or no question. And notice... He did not say yes to the yes or no question there. It feels like it would have been quite easy, Joe, for him to have just said, well, of course I want I want him back, but, you know, there's a lot of discussion. Or, yes, I want him back, but those talks will happen. We have to see where his head is at. We have to see where we're at as an organization. It wasn't even that. I mean, he didn't even pretend to try to seem committal in any way. That was the most non-committal I have heard from the front office of the Green Bay Packers when it comes to Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're done with him. (laughs) He's a four-time MVP, and two of those MVPs came back-to-back just a couple years ago. So when you have that, the most difficult of all the positions in all of professional sports to lock down, when you have that under contract and you're asked whether or not you want the guy back and you don't just go, of course, of course we want him back. What a stupid question. You should be fired and run out of the building. Like, if they asked anybody in the Kansas City organization, if they want Patrick Mahomes back, what do you think the answer is? Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts, the Chargers and Justin Herbert. No one's dancing around. You're dancing around here because you don't want him back, but you can't go all the way and say, no, we're done with them. It's over because then you jeopardize your leverage in the public. You have to worry about these teams that are going to be trying to jockey for position and how much they're going to give you to get Aaron Rodgers. So you got to play coy. you got to make it seem like, you know, we're interested, but we're not all the way interested, right? And then with Rodgers, you do have to give yourself an out because if he ends up coming back, if you don't move on from him, you don't want everybody on awful footing throughout the course of the year. So Gutekunst is playing it the right way. He's playing it down the middle. He's giving himself outs, which is what any good politician would do.
1: A name rolled right off your tongue. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive <laughs> Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. I was just a little taken aback when I first heard it because I expected it to seem a little bit... Less obvious that he was done with the Aaron Rodgers situation. And it felt like in that moment that the frustration of dealing with Aaron Rodgers was seeping through. And it really is remarkable if you just take a step back and just look at Aaron Rodgers' resume and you consider the fact that we're not talking about a quarterback that is far removed from his height of play. We're talking about a quarterback that won an MVP a year ago. I mean, it is remarkable. A back to back MVP, a three time MVP in his career. The Super Bowl, the Super Bowl MVP I get that's a decade ago fine but those MVPs you can't deny he's still playing at that caliber he was before this past season and yet this is where that organization has gotten with him and that's the Aaron Rodgers experience
2: yeah situation sour I mean we see it all the time Kevin Durant with the Nets you don't think the Nets want Kevin Durant they don't want to be in the Kevin Durant business. Every team wants to be in the Kevin Durant business, but it's soured. Everything with Kyrie, Steve Nash, everything in between, Ben Simmons, they ended up moving him to Phoenix. That's what's happening here. This has been boiling over for a long time, and finally it looks like we're going to get to a situation where the Packers can say, all right, we drafted your replacement a few years ago. It's time to turn it over to Jordan Love. It's time to... You know, in a sense, not to be too dramatic, but we're done being held hostage by this. Like, we're going to move forward as an organization. This isn't going to be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, right? It's going to be the Green Bay Packers. We're going to be in this together. And Rodgers is going to have an opportunity to go somewhere else and shut everybody up and prove that he's still one of the best in the business. So it's a compelling storyline to follow. But those comments in Indianapolis from the general manager told you everything you needed to know because there's no way Kansas City saying something like that about Patrick Mahomes
1: the reason that Aaron Rodgers needs to go to a win now Super Bowl ready kind of team with just his presence is because he's going to do this song and dance wherever he goes as well and you can see how taxing that is at least if he goes to an organization where you're in a position to win year one that he walks into your organization then maybe it's worth it it's worth the headache but if you're not and I wonder like with the New York Jets they're very young if you're not around him Super Bowl ready I don't mean just good but Super Bowl ready then that could get really frustrating over even just two or a three-year span moving forward. It'll be interesting to see. It certainly sounded like Green Bay was done with Aaron Rodgers, but what do you think is going to happen with the future of Aaron Rodgers? Give us a call here on Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let us know. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Green Bay Packer next season or will he be playing somebody else somewhere else? Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
5: go to shopify.com/network now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com/network
2: robert half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary ai To connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com
6: today. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
1: General manager of the Green Bay Packers sounded very non-committal to Aaron Rodgers today when he had a microphone in front of him in Indianapolis at the Combine. We're going to get to your phone calls on the future of Aaron Rodgers. 888-SAY-ESPN. Let us know where do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be next season. 888-729-3776. What should the Packers do with him? Before we get to that though, Joe's got some more action coming your way. Pizza money number two.
0: Pizza money alert.
2: Pizza, pizza. Stunk last night, so we got to get it back tonight. We're getting aggressive. We're going with four. This is pizza money number two. For those who want to know pizza money number one, it's under 231 in the Lakers-Grizzlies games. Pizza number Oh, that's a bad At least
1: it's not just me who can't talk today. That is a bad omen right there. This bet, nobody uh, make this bet.
2: Whatever I'm about to say, don't listen or bet the opposite. (laughs) So, pizza money number two would be the Brooklyn Nets plus six and a half over Milwaukee. I know, Milwaukee's won 14 straight. Everyone's very excited. That's baked into the line. And they haven't covered 14 straight. They've won 14 straight. During that run, they're about nine and five against the spread, which is still very good, but it's not perfect. Milwaukee at home this season, plus eight in point differential. They blow out the competition. On the road this season, minus one in point differential, their average. Or I should say a little bit above league average, considering how the rest of the field is played out there. Get a load of their offensive rating. At home, it's ninth. On the road, it's 28th. Brooklyn is coming off bad back-to-back losses. I think you get a spirited effort tonight from the Nets. Pizza money number two, Brooklyn plus six and a half over Milwaukee. Season is on the line on this
0: play. Jared Goff, empty shotgun, takes a step, fires right side, got his man, and that will do it. That's the season, boys and girls.
3: I think it's going to be important to get through this week, to take my you know, my isolation retreat, just to be able to contemplate all things my future. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a
0: cave? It's four nights of complete darkness. It's a darkness retreat.
1: So presumably Aaron Rodgers has seen the light. He has come into the light anyways. It appears that his isolation retreat is over. We have not heard from Aaron Rodgers, but we have heard from his general manager sounding very non-committal to the future of Aaron Rodgers there in Green Bay. Triple 8, say ESPN. That's how you join into the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Let's start with JR. JR is in Oklahoma. JR, thanks for the call. What do you have for us on Aaron Rodgers?
4: Um, I'm with the organization. I think Aaron Rodgers has been non committal for a few years. And we've seen this from Brett Favre before. He's not above the organization. He chose not to work out with his young receivers during last year's off season, which hurt their progress um last season. Um I, I think it's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Thanks for taking my call.
1: There was a lot made about that, Joe, during OTAs when he wasn't showing up to the voluntary OTAs. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers on one hand. I get it. I've been in the league for decades, and I've won three MVPs. Like, I don't need to show up to the voluntary stuff if I don't feel like it. I've earned that right. On the other hand, the caller has a point. JR has a point where you had a new receiving core, a very young receiving core, and they needed those reps to try to build that chemistry.
2: You know, you look around at professional sports and the teams that are at the top of the heap, the teams that win and compete for championships. They have a lot of things in common, one of which is culture. The Golden State Warriors have put together a dynasty over the last almost a decade now. They're coming off a championship in the NBA. It's all about the culture. From the top down, they may have their disagreements. Draymond Green comes to mind. But for the most part, everyone is bought in for the one goal, which is winning the title. Kansas City is the same way organizationally top down. You never hear anyone in Kansas city talking about anything other than competing at a high level and trying to win each game. We saw it in baseball with the Houston Astros. You can say what you want about them being cheaters organizationally. They are aligned top to bottom in green Bay. They haven't been that way for a while. It's been the Aaron Rodgers show, right? If you ever saw the movie Almost Famous, it's like when Russell, the guitarist, is thinking about going off on his own and the band starting to struggle because they know he is the band. And if he leaves, they're all going to fall apart. But at the same time, the fact that he's holding it over all of them, there's building resentment and it's, it's starting to tear them apart kind of based on a true story, but neither here nor there at the moment. You don't have that in Green Bay anymore with the culture. Rodgers has put himself above it. And when Rodgers plays, he's fantastic. But Rodgers also knows he's fantastic so he can get away with more. It's time for him to try something new. Go try go go, come here to Las Vegas. We would love to have you with the Raiders in silver and black. We would welcome you with open arms. You would have an opportunity to start fresh and the organization will cater to you. For Green Bay, it's time to start the next era. These things are sloppy and they're difficult, but they're also necessary and that's the most important thing right now it's necessary these two parties go in a different direction
1: uh rarely are there easy breakups even if you know that it's something that you need to do and that kind of is what it feels like with this situation adam is in phoenix adam thanks for the phone call what do you have for us on aaron rogers
4: yeah i i kind of felt that the story was him retiring in las vegas is soon as Devonte got traded there. I knew that I've been a lifelong Packers fan and I've given Aaron Rodgers every excuse in the book that you guys have mentioned, you know, three-time MVP, but you know, the the writing was pretty clear with the uh, last year. I mean, it wasn't a horrible performance, but like you guys were saying, there was no culture, there was no uh really like you said it was the Aaron Rodgers show, but to where Aaron Rodgers is going, I think it's clear. I think he wanted to be with Devontae. He's never really been a friend guy. He's been a respect guy. And I don't think there's ever been a player that he's respected more than Devontae Adams. And when that kind of relationship with the Packers didn't work out, I feel like Aaron Rodgers made up his mind right then and there that it's not going to work out long term for me either. And with Ella, with Las Vegas having the capability now, I think it's as clear as day he'll retire as a Raider. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Uh, thanks for the phone call. I, the only thing is, Joe, and I, it's interesting that he was saying he felt like that the second Devontae went to Vegas. I mean, I didn't expect the Adams car relationship not to work out.
2: That was a disaster. I, I, I still, I think a lot of us are still shocked that th- those two played together at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. They've been friends for a very long time. So when the Raiders went out and brought a big time weapon, some would say the best receiver in the game, without a question, top five wide receiver, coming to Las Vegas, you figured that might put the team over the top. And that was a team that made it to the playoffs last year. Lost a very close game in the wild card round to Cincinnati. And it just didn't work at all. Now, there's a new regime in place, new coach, new offense. A lot of guys weren't lined up on the same page. It happens. New regimes need time to implement their systems and to implement their plan. So that's what the Raiders are trying to do. But it was shocking that the Devontae Adams situation did not go better for Derek Carr and the Raiders this year.
1: Dave, Dave is in Orlando. Dave, you have about a minute with us. What do you have for us on Aaron Rodgers? Um, I'm sick
4: of this Aaron Rodgers thing, but I think he should be traded to Dallas let's reunite them get rid of that Dak, Dak goes to green bay
1: wow. and rogers
4: goes down and reunites down in dallas and they win a super bowl
2: uh that would be something joe Stephen a smith is somewhere right now just shaking at the uh-huh. very possibility of something like that happening and carrying first take for the next three to five years that's it it's a one take on first take and it's going to rate and it's going to do well for the next three to five years if Aaron Rodgers ends up in Dallas as the quarterback of the Cowboys. Back with Mike McCarthy. That would be Monster hilarious.
1: contracts, right? You're just swapping uh, big contracts. Yeah. The problem is you paid Dak for a long time. I don't know if Green Bay is interested in Dak from that perspective. I feel like... Also, when you sign up for the Aaron Rodgers experience, no matter who does, and I wouldn't hate it from the Cowboys' side because I think it's a team that actually would be very good, except for you have to, again, be in a situation to win immediately and win a Super Bowl immediately because anyway, you cut it. Even if you're okay with him doing this song and dance with you year after year, he's still a 38-year-old quarterback. There's only so much time he has left, Joe. I mean, even, even for a quarterback that always toys with the idea of retiring anyways.
2: I would say this as well. One one note I want to throw in. I know one caller said, go to Las Vegas, retire as a Raider. I wouldn't be shocked if he went somewhere else, realized he had it so much better in Green Bay. This isn't to knock the Raiders. This is just to say that the grass is always greener on the other side. You get there. The media doesn't treat you the same way. The organization doesn't treat you the same way. And now suddenly you want out and you want to try something different because you start to spin. I mean, he's had it really good in Green Bay for a while. So wherever he goes next, there's going to be a honeymoon phase, and then we're going to see what the relationship's all about.
1: It feels like with Aaron Rodgers, what he does is he always sort of dreams about the idea of leaving and going somewhere else. And then he gets cold feet before doing it because of that idea, knowing the grass ain't always greener. Aaron Rodgers did once say, quote unquote, the grass is greener where you water it. Coming up next, how much much did today's big trade shake up the NHL's Eastern Conference? This is Joe and Amber.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: that we always like to do on this show is go through the sound of the day. And over the last 24 hours, we've gotten a lot of sound because the NFL combine is providing us a lot of sound. The NHL trade deadline is providing us a lot of sound. Let's get to it. This is sound on sound off.
0: They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on sound off with Joe and Amber.
1: The New York Rangers traded for Blackhawks winger Patrick Kane earlier today, reuniting him with former teammate Artemi Panarin. The Rangers also traded for Vladimir Tarasenko and former Vladimir Tarasenko earlier this month, and it seems like they're all in on winning the cup this season. And former Ranger and current ESPN NHL analyst Ryan Callahan says this move for Kane makes them the favorites to win the Stanley Cup.
2: Kane playing with Panarin, a guy he's very familiar with. He's obviously played with him in Chicago. They loved playing with each other. And now you have that option. If you're the New York Rangers, you keep that kid line together. You didn't have to give any of them to acquire Kane. And now it's going to be a nightmare matchup,
4: especially on the road. You can move all six of those guys around, get them away from the top team. Add Shostakin in that. And for me, this trade makes the New York Rangers the favorite to win the Stanley Cup.
2: We've I'm going to jump producer. in before Amber says anything oh. else. In the commercial break, she was working so hard to make sure she nailed Panarin and Tereska. got that one. And she nailed them. And right. then somehow she biffed Callahan <laughs> right at the end, which was absolutely staggering. Staggering. She nailed the most complex part of the floor routine and then walking off to see her coach, really she tripped did. and fell and broke her leg. I
1: mean, it is the most me thing of all me things. Because I was working so hard. I'm like, I'm going to get, I'm going to nail these hockey names. And then Ryan
2: Callahan. Callahan just threw you through a loop there. Just for
1: a loop. Wasn't ready for it, James.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was It was honestly, honestly,
1: real talk. (laughs) It was because I lost my place in the read because I was so focused on the names that that I completely lost my place in the read and then the whole thing got bumbled. But I nailed the names. and That's really all that matters here.
3: I'm I was so proud of you and then you you tripped up over Callahan. It was amazing.
2: All right, so It's like William Shakespeare going to take the S A T and he gets a perfect in math and like a four hundred in English.
1: <laughs> that was me, but the opposite
2: on the SAT. All
3: right. All right, calm down. Okay, so Rangers trade for Patrick Kane, big trade. Joe, does it make the Rangers a favour to win the cup now?
2: It does not. You should be excited about the Rangers. The Rangers are now a very good team. They're roughly 5-1 to win the East. They're uh, 10-1 to to win the title. But that's it. They're 10-1 to to win the title. You know who's in front of them? Carolina at plus 650. And oh, by the way, the defending champion, Avalanche, at plus 550. And then, of course, the Boston Bruins, who have been, for those of you who don't follow hockey, an absolute freight train this season. The Bruins have played 59 games. They've won 46 of them. They are 46-8 and with five overtime losses. 97 points. Currently, 20 points more than the Rangers. Now, adding Tarasenko and adding the Caner from Chicago, what a run he had there, three Stanley Cups. It's going to make them better, but no one is ahead of Boston until proven otherwise. Nobody.
1: You can tell by how often I say the names Panarin and Tarasenko, and obviously cannot apparently say the name Ryan Call- Callahan. You can see I did it again.
3: Still can't say
1: it. Can't, it's performance art at this point. Uh, you can you can uh, you can then decipher that my hockey knowledge might be a tad limited there. So I will defer to what Joe said and defer to what Ryan Callahan said in terms of. Are, are they going, are the Rangers going to win the cup? I will say this. Apparently Patrick Kane was very emotional about this trade because apparently he wanted to retire a Blackhawk. He'll probably be okay with it emotionally if he is winning the cup there for New York which seems like he's on his way to do so this certainly signifies what it appears to be for Chicago a total rebuild at this point as we know the Broncos hired Sean Payton to be their head coach a name I say a little bit more often here Chiefs general manager Brett Veach was asked about the addition to Payton to the AFC West earlier today
4: you know it's funny because you know Denver started to turn the corner there right at the end of the season played some really good football and now with coach Payton I mean they'll be even more dangerous and I think Russell kind of got into a groove late. Uh, our division is, is really tough, and I think that was one of the things that really helped us in our playoff run. I, I think you know playing you know, the Chargers twice a year and the Raiders and you know, the Broncos got off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think they played good football late. Um, and certainly Coach Payton only, only adds um, to the degree of difficulty of, of having to, to get through that. So that'll certainly be a challenge.
3: Uh, Amber, how good is the AFC West really?
1: It's very, very, very good because the best team in football is in the AFC West. So it's very good on the top of that division. In terms of the Broncos, in terms of even the Raiders, even in terms of the Chargers. Like, I have no idea what to make of these teams now. As we head into another season, the Chargers, I felt like, should have been better this season, particularly in the postseason at some point that he is going to get turned up on Justin Herbert. The Raiders, who's their quarterback next season? I have no idea. I don't know what the Broncos are going to look like with Sean Payton. Can he get enough out of Russell Wilson and some of the problems otherwise that they have there in Denver? It's a good division because... Because the Chiefs are in it, period. That's that's where that's where the conversation stops for now, Joe.
2: I'm not falling for the banana and the tailpipe for the second year in a row at this division. Last year, that was all the talk. And I bought in hook, line, and sinker. Oh, my God. You've got the Chiefs. They're elite. The Chargers are ready to take the next step. They brought in Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. Denver has Russell Wilson, and they finally got rid of Fick Fick Fangio. And the Raiders, they got Devontae Adams, and they just went to the playoffs. This is going to be the toughest division of football. And meanwhile, everyone was mocking the NFC East. Well, the NFC East sent three teams to the playoffs, and the AFC West produced the dumpster fire in Denver that cost Nathaniel Hackett his job before he could complete one season, a Raiders season in which they said sayonara to a franchise quarterback, a Chargers season that was pretty much the exact same of every Chargers season we have ever seen ever, and then the Kansas City Chiefs, 14-3, and win the Super Bowl. The division's okay because of the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Other than that, it's a question mark until proven otherwise. No more banana in the tailpipe with the AFC West.
1: Speaking of Sean Payton, he talked about a dinner he had with Russell Wilson and Joe Montana today.
0: There was a group of people at our table. Joe Montana was at our table, so I know Russell was interested in talking about, um, you know, where we're going, and I was interested in learning from Joe Montana. And so <laughs> we we found a uh, it was a good conversation, and uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to the start of the season, obviously. Um, certainly for Russell's standards and and the Broncos' standards. It wasn't the type of year that they wanted. Um, And typically that's why new head coaches arrive,
2: right?
3: Yeah, so Joe, uh, how awkward does it sound like that dinner was?
2: That dinner sounds awesome because Sean Payton couldn't drop enough names to let everyone know how cool it was. It's like, yeah, so we went to dinner. Joe Montana was there. I was talking to Joe Montana. Did I mention Joe Montana was there? Yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. You got a ton of money, a ton of success. You had dinner with Joe Montana. I was in the same room as Joe Montana once. He was right next to me. I chickened out. I didn't say hello. Hello. I could have, too. He wasn't even in a conversation. And I grew up loving Joe Montana because I'm from Pennsylvania, and every kid my age grew up idolizing Joe Montana because he was fantastic. And I chickened out and I said nothing. So I don't care if Sean Payton got to have dinner with Joe Montana. Congratulations. Go fix Russell Wilson. If you can't do that, no more dinners with Joe Montana. You get dinners with Jeff Garcia.
1: Go ahead and pick that name up that you just dropped there, Joe. Uh, I, I this What dinner- name? That Joe Montana, you just said that you had an opportunity. But I didn't to do talk anything to Joe with Montana, it. And then you didn't do anything about it, but you were in I the same nothing. room as Joe Montana. So that's still quite fancy of you. I had never been in the same room as Joe Montana. It sounds pretty cool. Uh, if Joe should wants try to, it. It's awesome. Yeah, if he wants to go to dinner, uh, let's make it happen uh, with Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. I would say that it's interesting. Sean Payton said that he wanted to learn from Joe Montana because I feel like maybe it's Russell Wilson who needs to do the learning from Joe Montana right now more than Sean Payton, hopefully, Sean did say that they were discussing the direction of things for Russell Wilson. Hopefully that direction leads to some winning and he can get something out of Russell Wilson that was not gotten out of Russell Wilson this past season. Safe to say things just didn't work out for Carson Wentz. Speaking of quarterbacks with things not working out, they didn't work out for Carson Wentz in Washington this season. The commander's cut Wentz yesterday. Here's Ron Rivera on his former quarterback.
0: Well, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to look at as far as our uh, our team is concerned. I mean, everything from you know the the, the cap uh, to the position itself and the situation circumstances we went through last year. He's a heck of a young man. He, he's he's a he's a solid man, and and you know want to wish him the best. Really, do appreciate everything he did for us. You know, and, and the opportunity that he had coming here, he did the best he could, and we really appreciate that as well.
3: Amber, is uh, he tried his best? Is there like a bigger insult? or more passive aggressive way to insult somebody than that.
1: Yeah, he like he tried his best. It's like, "Oh, bless his heart," you know, or "It's not you, it's me." Or he's got a great personality.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's really That's what good it one. sounds
1: like. I, that one might be the one that's the most like it. He's got a That's a, a great, female
2: special. That's a, a female special, special. Right there. Oh he's yeah. A, the like, guy, he's just such a nice guy. He's, he's such like a nice the nicest guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah, we know what it means. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'd say, I mean, that's a pretty good, I give Rivera credit. He's a professional. There are so many of these former Wentz coaches that would probably love nothing more than to put one hand on the shirt, one hand on the pants and throw him right under the bus to out exactly what it is. Cause it seems like everywhere he goes, he's a problem. I'll say this on Washington. If you are someone who invests in index funds, you play the long-term game. I think they're a good investment. I think as soon as you get Daniel Snyder the hell out of there and bring in a new ownership group and you clean up the toxic sludge that is that current culture, that's an organization that's going to flourish. They have known nothing, nothing but sewage culture since Snyder arrived. You clean it up and you make it a good place to work and you put people on an organizational focus and they're going to start winning football games again
1: joe and amber is presented to you by progressive insurance coming up next i want to talk about how much i love former gators quarterbacks we're gonna get onto it he's gonna be a top 10 pick that's according to mel and everybody else right now it is crazy joe and amber's on espn radio let's talk about it
0: joe and amber the podcast
1: It's my lucky day because we're going to be talking about former Gators quarterbacks multiple times. On today's show, we will get into Anthony Richardson and Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft a little bit later in the show. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. All you ever have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. There is another former Gators quarterback in the news. And it's because his general manager with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jason Light, was asked about the future. Future there in Tampa no Tom Brady what are they going to do at quarterback well they have a guy from Florida on that roster Kyle Trask here is Jason Light about Trask
4: we're very excited about Kyle very excited about him getting an opportunity to be the starter um, would be very comfortable with that um, excited use that word already but really am uh, for him to get a chance to be with the starters in in offseason starters uh, in training camp starters in preseason um, which he's never done um, you know, he was a successful quarterback in the SEC. I mean, wildly successful. We took him in the second round for a reason. Um, we didn't take him just to, in the second round, just to be a, you know, a third string quarterback. Now, as has yet to be seen what he turns out to be, but we're confident that it's going to be very good.
1: Confident that it's going to be very good. Here's what's interesting about all of that is that was a general manager telling you that, He thinks Trask is the future there, which fine. Honestly, I watched him play at Florida for many years. He was very good for us a lot of the time. And then also he sat behind the greatest to ever do it in Tampa for years. And so I could buy into this fact that maybe he's learned and maybe the Bucks feel like Trask is the future. What confuses me about it is I saw him played so little this past season. And if you really thought he was going to be the future, when you had a 45-year-old quarterback at the helm, in garbage time, wouldn't you be turning to Kyle Trask instead of the other guy who was also in the same quarterback's room as you? And it just felt like they only ever played Trask in complete garbage time and now they're counting on him to be the entire future of the organization
2: you don't see backups a lot in the nfl like we get a lot more of that in college so i can kind of understand why we didn't see him brady was healthy and if brady's playing and tampa bay was in a shocking amount of close games last year whether they worked out for him or not i kind of get why he wasn't out there he's a second round pick he's going in the year three You don't use a second-round pick on a quarterback and then never go out and see what you have in him unless it's just a complete disaster of a pick and you realize culturally the guy doesn't fit or from an intellectual standpoint he can't pick up the playbook. So I can understand why there's optimism here, but this is not going to be plan A going into the season. Maybe right now they're thinking – I think maybe they think we're going to give them a shot, but they got to bring someone else in. This could be a Carson Wentz landing destination. Wentz comes in. Wentz is told, look, you're the backup. We want to see you push Trask. I remember when the Jets brought in Tim Tebow and everyone was going nuts. That was mostly to to push Mark Sanchez. Like They didn't want Sanchez getting too comfortable after some of the winning. They wanted him to keep working, to keep putting it in. So they brought in Tebow to shake it up a little bit. That's what you want to do. A young guy like Trask, you don't want to hand him the job and say, okay, it's yours and you need him to stay hungry, you need him to stay focused, you need to see how he how he handles that pressure. So that could be one approach. The other approach could be this is just a complete smokescreen and these guys are going hardcore in the paint for someone like Derek Carr or they plan on trading up during the first round of the draft
1: here's the thing when I mentioned the not playing him often I get that when we're talking about a backup but he wasn't Brady's main backup it was Blaine Gabbard and that's why I was confused by the situation just because I always wanted to see Kyle Trask obviously as a Gators fan so I'm watching all these Bucks games in garbage time I'm quite literally still watching these games in garbage time hoping they put in Trask and they're going to Gabbard and it's like why if you think Trask might be the future why wouldn't you throw him out there to see what you have he was a second round pick for you you, if you were really interested in giving him the time. And so maybe they do believe in him, but that sort of signified to me this past season that maybe they don't believe in him as much as I'm hoping that they believe in him. So they're saying all the right things. It's just a little bit hard for me to believe based on their actions. You know what they say, Joe? You don't listen to what he says, you listen to what he does. I don't know if your mother have you, have you ever gave you that same advice that my mother gave me. <laughs> but if we read between the lines here and we look at what they did instead of what the front office is actually saying, I don't know if they believe in Kyle Trask as much as they are suggesting verbally. Uh, In terms of that division, though, it's funny to say that he could be the best quarterback in that division. I mean, I guess that's not completely insane because look at the quarterbacks in that division. First of all, I don't even know who the quarterbacks are. I mean, I quite literally don't even know. I mean... (laughs) It's amazing. The Falcons could be drafting a quarterback this season. Who knows? I don't know if they'd move on from Ritter this fast. The Saints, what are they doing at quarterback? The Panthers, what are they doing at quarterback? Kyle Trask probably is the best quarterback because at least he is one.
2: So right now, here's what you're looking at. Kyle Trask in Tampa, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta because Marcus Mariota was released today. Jameis Winston, I guess, with the Saints. And then you got Matt Corral from Ole Miss. P.J. Walker, those guys are with the Panthers. Now, Man. right now, it looks ridiculous, but hear me out ridiculous. on this. If it doesn't work out for Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, I think Atlanta's at the front of the line to land Lamar Jackson. The Saints have made it very clear they're interested in Derek Carr. The Panthers could be involved in one of those guys as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they got aggressive. And same with the Bucs. So right now... It is without a shadow of a doubt, the least inspiring quarterback division in all the NFL, but it could quickly become one of the more intriguing ones. If Jackson and Rogers and Carr or two of those three end up there, because those are teams with a lot of money. A lot of those teams have good salary cap money. I believe the Falcons are number two. The saints are number nine or 10 in terms of how much availability and they need quarterbacks. Some of those guys are out there. So that's going to be a fascinating division to watch this offseason because there are going to be some major changes and major shakeups.
1: The Falcons already showed you when they offered that deal to Deshaun Watson that they were willing to pay, right, so that they were willing to try to bring in – The splashy name. I don't know how they feel about Ritter. We didn't get to see a ton from Ritter. I thought it's interesting they released Marcus Mariota today. That's a quarterback who has a relationship with the head coach there, but also one that can't stay healthy throughout his entire career and didn't show much of anything in Atlanta as well. So I understood why they made that move. The Saints can't possibly be counting on Jameis, right?
2: I mean, no it's, it's been it, – they can't. No. You just they gave it. They gave it your, a try your
1: eggs in that basket. They gave, they it, a gave it a try. Already. Already. I, they gave it a try. I respect
2: the fact that they went out and gave it a try, but you're not, you're not going forward with that. Winston has had plenty of opportunities in the NFL – He's probably headed for career backup status. The Saints have already made it clear they're interested in Derek Carr. Wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get in on Aaron Rodgers. Wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get aggressive somehow in the draft. They need to do something. Dennis Allen did not have a good season with them last year. So he's going to want to get as aggressive as possible, and he's going to hope the organization's got his back. And if they do, they're going to go make a move because they can't just sit around with another season of uh, James Winston, Andy Dalton, and Taysom Hill, who can we end that experiment already Please,
1: I thought that thing was going to end. I thought it was Sean Payton that had the love affair with Taysom Hill at the quarterback oh. position. Uh, apparently not. Apparently it's an organizational thing. So, Either way, when you look at these names, I guess now that I'm actually looking at these names in that division, it's not so crazy what he said.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.